everyone, Dave and Jeff doing a podcast on a Wednesday night. Normally we go Sunday and Monday, but we delayed the second one this week for a very special reason. It's great, Dave. And you and I, God damn, that sounds hollow as shit. I know people are going to complain, but we'll be all right. Um, the only one that complains. Uh, what Dave and I like is we like people with grit. And when you find people and you go, okay, there's a little bit to that person that we're compelled by, we're curious by, and we figure you guys will be curious by, you reach out and you say, hey, come down, be on the show. And that's why we're very stoked. I'm sorry that person couldn't be on the show. (laughs) (laughs) And you had to have me instead. It's Tabitha Lipkin (laughs) from Fox 5, who's here. Tabitha, how are you? I'm doing good. I got a Canadian beer. Right. There's a dog to my right. Shuggy's here, (laughs) taking care of things. I met Tabitha at the Turf and Surf Barbecue event. Yes. And it was very fun. But were you, like me, shocked by how hardcore, not Sean Walchef and Callie. <laughs> no, not them. They're great. But were you shocked, Tabitha, like I was, like that is a big time oh, $25,000 competition. Oh, oh, it's huge. And they were very strict. We went in with the idea that they weren't going right. to be strict with us. And then it was very like, put your phone away. Right. Don't look at other people. Like, <laughs> look down. Don't laugh. Eat the food. It was very interesting. David reminded me of when I, uh, as a kid, was on Scared Straight. Yeah. When I went to Attica. <laughs> I remember that. You didn't handle it so well. No. <laughs> Fuck. This barbecue lady. Like, uh, for Tabitha, it was yeah. Heather Myers, who's great. <laughs> Yeah. Me and Jim Trotter were like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to get tri-tip, mm-hmm. right? brisket, pulled pork. God, you're so nervous. You're like, stop shouting at me. Yeah. You're hurting my feelings. <laughs> but it's good. So thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So you've been in San Diego for a couple of years now. We were just talking about it before we turned the mics on that here you are at Fox 5. And people that, that obviously know you, we've talked about you during our podcast. We'll sit here as the TV's right in front of your face and... We'll, we'll mention something that happens, and we're like, wait a second. She's at the desk. She's doing sports. She's doing weather. <laughs> Technically, what are you classified as? My technical job is I am the weekend sports anchor and reporter. So if all goes normally, Wednesday through Friday, I'm sports reporting, and then Saturday and Sunday, I'm sports anchoring. So what days do they give you off? I always find this a strange schedule. When you have two off days, no one else has two <laughs> off days. Monday, Tuesday. Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So overall, going to Fox 5, we know so many people over there. We love the people over there. How are they treating you? They're amazing. I love it there. Perfect. My kind of people. And Troy's your boss. Troy's my boss. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Troy's his own boss. He's great. He's the coolest guy. You guys need to have him on. I'll put it right here. Have him on. We'll get him covered. The one thing that that Dave and I figured out, and, and I won't speak for Dave. I'll speak for myself on this. Is we were very fortunate, having been in this market for over 25 years and doing it, the one thing that we've always assumed was that everybody got the same breaks that we do. The older you get, hopefully the smarter you get, you realize that there are challenges for others that didn't come to me and Dave. One of those is being for a woman doing sports in San Diego. You've been here now two years. You have a very high likability factor, which is great. It works to your benefit. But for you, early on when you started, were there challenges? Were there people that gave you, whether it was a listener, whether it was athletes that don't have to be named, were there people that, that kind of put up a few roadblocks? And if so, how'd you handle it? You know, I didn't start in sports. So I actually started in um, real news. I don't say that sports isn't real news, but no, I started I in politics. Um, and so I've been in San Diego for five years and at Fox for two years. And... 
the time that I spent in San Diego, I spent a little bit of that time taking opportunities that were, uh, you know, afforded to me. The first one was I told CS Keys one day oh. that I wanted to uh, to do sports, and it was at CW6 at the time is where I worked. CW6 didn't have a sports department because mm. if you knew CW6, they cut every yeah, corner yeah. they possibly Wait, could. Who are you telling? I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> there, was no, there was nothing. But CS Keys had a radio show, yeah. and so I told him, you know, I wanted to get into sports, and so... He helped me do two things. One of them was he brought me on his radio show to talk about um, the NBA. There was a big game happening, and at this moment, I don't, I don't quite remember what it was. And he was like, I want you and I to talk about it, and then you can use that radio clip to, to send to people and see mm-hmm. if they'll give you a chance. He also then gave me the email address of the guy who was the head of Fox Sports San Diego at the time and said, shoot him an email. If he doesn't respond, follow up, follow up, follow up. And uh, ultimately, um, that's how I actually was able to break into doing sports here. I'm so glad to hear you mentioned CS. CS is a very close friend. It was a very close friend of ours. And so we were devastated a year ago when CS passed away. But it, it was very nice to hear that CS helped you out in your career. Yeah, definitely. He, he's always been fun. And, you know, my favorite memories of him is joining him over at the Tilted Kill. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd walk in. There's like five girls draped on him. I'm like, yes. hey, CS. And he's yeah. like, oh, Tabby, I saved you the right-hand seat. And I'm like, I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, the thing I liked about him, and I'm glad you pointed that out, is there was on-air CS, which would be evident in those kind of settings, totally. where he had the ability to turn it on immediately. But what I appreciated him as a friend and what you just shared was there was also an off-the-air CS. Yeah. That was incredibly loyal, that had your back, that did a lot of things that people don't know in this town, who was adored his daughter, yeah. was an incredible parent. And I, I, we, we told stories that when we left, we had been doing morning radio. We left. He, Jim Trotter, Sean Walchef, and I would go out and watch fights. And uh, there was a fight coming up. And you know, when you leave a job, you're kind of in a transition period. And he called me. He's like, you ready to go? And I said, you know, I don't know. Listen, motherfucker. You're either. And just by that point, I was dying. Yeah, and I go, all right, right. shut up. I'll, I'll see you there. But what was great about having this podcast was we had the chance to tell him. You know, I had the chance to tell him, which you don't often get, to say, hey, you know what that meant to me that night? That got me back up. And yeah, January 13th, January yeah. 13th, a year ago, we lost him. And it's just, there's so many things going on right now. Where you think about his personality, his charisma, and just the impact uh, for people that knew him in the audience. Yes, you knew him and you loved him. And that's who he was yeah. even to a, to a higher level than you would expect. But for those of us that were lucky enough to know him and to care about him, he's missed every day. So when his name comes up and when you hear... I hope people understand. That's a really cool thing to do. And there's a very small part of you that will go, well, Tabitha's beautiful and that's who CS was. No. That, that's no. not why he did it. He that, would have done it for anyone. Right. He really right. would have. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good egg. So no, now, now that you look back and you see that here you are doing sports on Fox, did you ever think in your mind I was going to be a, a weekend sportscaster? Was it, was it a dream of yours? No. No. It wasn't. Um, it's something that I really love, though, because um, there's a lot of good in sports. Um, that you don't see when you're doing hard news all, all the time. In fact, um, m- my career has been very crazy. And if you want, at some point, we can go through it. But for a long time, I was a 
news anchor talking about politics all day, every day. And in sports, what you can do is you can find really incredible stories and you can tell those stories um, that otherwise no one would hear or no one would focus on. At Fox, we have something really unique because we have time to tell those stories. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize none of the other stations, their sports departments don't get, they get them like two minutes a night. We get 15 minutes a night. So in that, we can go and talk to you know, this wrestler who's overcome cancer, or we can talk to this coach who has this kid that he wants, you know, everyone to know about because he's a straight A student, but he also wants to become a, you know, dermatologist, like these bizarre stories that are good for people. And people want to hear them because they get tired of the the death and destruction. They do. Absolutely. And obviously you do, it's called the neighborhood all-stars is mm-hmm. what, what you do. Yeah. And so, with the way sports are in San Diego right now, when you don't have an NFL team and the Padres aren't playing right now and the way things are going, it does give you an opportunity to tell those stories. I, I'm one of those guys that likes those stories. I, I coach youth sports. I like to see stories about people that this might be the one time that people focus on youth, that it, it's not all bad. There are a lot of people who, who, if you don't have had kids recently, you look back and God, today's generation is all messed up. And then you sit and you see these kids that are 4-0 students and they're working after school and they've gone through all this adversity and you guys do a fantastic job of pointing that out. But you're right, you're, you're getting 15. When Jeff and I were growing up, I think the average newscaster got seven to eight minutes. And now you yeah. look at, let's say, a Channel 10 where you think you get 90 seconds. Oh, yeah. I know NBC, um, they only get two minutes. Unless what? it's Saturday or right. Saturday, Sunday, and then they then they get bigger sportscasts. But the fact that we can do it every day is really wonderful. So, Tabitha, here's what I'm, I've always wondered with TV. The benefit of doing radio is radio, yes, yeah, entertainment, but it also is personality-driven, it's topic-driven, and it's most definitely opinion-driven, mm-hmm. which is great for us. Because having grown up in this town and for some reason – being hit with being a Padre fan and so many other <laughs> options. I have the opportunity to come on here and say what I feel about a team that I grew up with, that a team that I love and everything else. But I'm wondering for you guys, and really, when you mentioned that you have 15 minutes, if you read an article in the paper and Ron Fowler says something about uniforms and you go, oh, wow, that's really cool. How much flexibility do you get to in, inflect your own personal opinion, whether it's something that goes along with like, hey, they're going brown. I dig brown. Or they say, you know, our payroll is not going to be there. And you're like, wait, hang on a second. Go get Machado. How much flexibility do you have to insert your own opinion? And how much of it do you have to kind of stay by just the facts? Um, you know, it's interesting. We have something called Final Thoughts. Yeah. And that is our opinion-based part of the show. Um I don't do it as often because I'm very opinionated <laughs> and mine have to be approved. But um, it's something that Troy does quite a bit. Other than that, like our idea is that we're going to give you the information that you want in that 15 minutes, um, including sometimes a neighborhood all-star story, which yeah. is more of a, you know, I wouldn't say that that's a facts versus opinion piece, but it's more of a story. Sure. Um, so you get a minute that you can pick a topic and do something like that on. Um, otherwise, yeah, we might say something snarky here or there because it's fun. Yeah. Not usually. How has social media changed the game and you've done it incredibly well to your benefit, but I feel like there's a science to it that not a lot of people understand. And I just, I follow you and I see it and I go, you get it. How's it worked? And how do you use it to your advantage? Because you're doing, am I right? Yes. You're promoting Fox Mm five and what you're doing. There's a Tabitha Lipkin brand. 
Yeah. You're a brand. We're all a brand. We're all a brand. And right. that's that's the biggest change that I think that it's happened recently right. is that um, a personality, TV, radio, whatever you may be, you become your own brand because it's the only thing you can take with you. Absolutely. Um, as much as I love Fox 5 and I would be happy to be there forever, I may not be. And at the end of the day, I have to take my brand and what I've built with me. Um, so what I try to do is, you know, what I think is fair and that is give Fox 5 the credit for everything that they allow me to do, whether sure. it's cover the World Series or the fact they've given me the opportunity to go cover the Rams game as they beat the the Cowboys uh, and things like that. But also, like in my personal life, it benefits them as well. Me going out scuba diving and I happen to, you know, have a swimsuit on, people see that and then like, oh, she's on Fox. Maybe I'll watch Fox. You know, it, right. we it's a symbiotic relationship, 100%, I think. How much do they monitor what you do on social media? Because I'll be honest with you, you do a lot of things on social media where I'm going, you know, good for them. Good for them for letting you show a little bit of a personality. Um, I think it's actually fully monitored. Um, there has been one instance, I think, that my boss has been like, you know, maybe <laughs> not that. But he knows. Like, he knew who I was when he hired me. And I think he told me one time we had a, a talk about it. That was why he hired me. It was yeah. like he didn't he wanted me to be me. And he thought if he fa let, g gave me a platform to be myself, people would watch. And I'd like to think that that is true. And I think it's worked out. Yeah. You know, the one thing and, and not knowing you well, but just hanging out with you the one day, the, the day that I hung out with you and I talked about likability, you go, there's personality, <laughs> but it comes across really quick. You go, she's smart, right? <laughs> she's smart. Like she knows what she's doing. But the humor, the humor that comes across on social media is pretty fun too. <laughs> now, as an attractive girl that you said you're scuba diving, is it is there a creeper factor that you have to deal with, or for the most part, have people left you alone? Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm always like you look at it and you go, oh, boy. Well, you know, she it's runs across funny. it. There's got to be. I right? mean, if you want, I could pull <laughs> oh, up. No, I have something called my other inbox, which people don't realize that I have. So. Other inbox is an inbox that you guys, I don't know if you have, but look at this. You can see it here. I'm showing them. It says 99 plus requests. These are people I don't know who yeah. send me DM messages. Oh, this Jesus. is on Instagram. It is all men. Is that Mike Costa? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's not always bad. There's a guy and I, the, the reason I don't respond to all of them is because I can't. And right. there's a guy who sends me a picture of flowers every day. Things like that. He yeah. doesn't, he can't tell that I see them. If he hears this, I do see them and it's lovely. And they right. always say, good morning. Good morning. Here's some cool flowers. That's cool. Most of them are not those kinds right? of messages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, that, that's crazy. I mean, we know it exists out there and we know because Jeff and I have, have had these meetings with bosses so many times where they say, do you understand the average viewer, average listener thinks you're only talking to them. Right. When they're in their living room at 1045 and you come on the television, most of them believe you're talk you're only there to talk to that one person, yeah. which is so yeah. bizarre. It is a weird thing. To me to think that way, but they <laughs> said no, this is the way it is, and that's why for us in, in radio, they always say you say you. You don't make it broad. You always say audience of one. Audience of one. Always is what we're taught. And mm -hmm. so it, it's very strange. So when people reach out to you, they must be thinking I'm the only guy that is reaching out to her right now. And I'm she's a been waiting for this. Yes, I, she's been waiting for these flowers. Yeah. Your oh, offers man. of goats and trips have been wonderful, but I can't take <laughs> you up on it. <laughs> Tabitha, you said you started in politics. Yeah. And so I'm fascinated because you may have noticed there's a little bit of a culture in the country right now. 
What? <laughs> right? When you watch everything going on. This is where my boss is like, wait, Tabitha. I guess. <laughs> yeah. When you see it going on, uh-huh. is there a part of you that says, I want to jump right in that pool? Or is there a part of you that says, no, it's kind of fun being on the outside of the ring watching the Battle Royal? That's a great question. Um, you know, I do think it's best for me to be on the outside of it. Um, It's something that my boss taught me when I got there. And it was interesting because our conversation wasn't, hey, Tabitha, before you start, I need you to delete these items from your social media that were, you know, something, let's say, that is more on the sexy side. It wasn't that. It was, I want you to go through and delete anything political you've Mm -hmm. ever posted. Um, and I was like, why? Cause I'm, I'm a very passionate individual about a lot of things, social justice being one of them. And he said, because he's like, there are times and places for those battles. He's like, you're not there yet. Mm. Become the person you are going to become and then start fighting those battles. If you start fighting them too early, people won't listen and you'll get drowned out with everyone else who's screaming. I that's pretty I, cool. That, honestly, I think that's pretty good advice for someone who's looking out for your career. Absolutely. Whereas... Absolutely. As I said, we're friends with Kathleen Bate. I follow Kathleen yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. And if you look at California, people who haven't been to California, especially if you, you, you're from the South, you think, oh, it's just crazy. That's a crazy state. And everybody's, you know, everybody's smoking weed and everybody's a liberal <laughs> and this and that. But if you... It's not true. You, no. And if yeah. you look at even from San Diego all the way through Orange County, it's a very right wing. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people are shocked by that. So when you look at Kathleen, and Kathleen doesn't state her opinion so much, but she'll... Retweet. Oh, she does on social media. Uh, uh, well, from what I've noticed, is she'll retweet things that push towards her opinion. She doesn't exactly always say it herself, but she's yeah. as a lead anchor. She's been around long enough where right. she kind of has more reign than than obviously you would. Yeah, and I think her main goal is just to get to facts. And mm-hmm. because we've become such a society that doesn't always believe facts, um, that maybe the question then is, you know, people may not believe it, but her, her goal is only to put facts out there, uh, as far as I know. She's one of my favorite people. She's amazing. And She's a uh, mentor. Right. Sure. Yeah. Right. And she's great. And I, I'll share this story that I was telling Tabitha. Uh, Dave and I were at KFMB. We were doing mm-hmm. nights on 760. And just a mellow night during the middle of the week. And it's a huge building. It's like a huge warehouse. And TV's on one side. Radio's on the other. Restrooms are in the middle. And so I'm just lost in thought, staggering down the hall. And all of a sudden, I look to my right. And Kathleen and Barbara Lee, who were anchoring at that time, uh, walk in together. And they hadn't been there that long. And they yell down the hall, hey! I was like, shit, what? Are you on the air right now? I was like, why are you yelling at me? And apparently there'd been wine at this party. I think <laughs> Kathleen would agree to that. I know Barbara Lee would. They said, well, we got these and we want to talk about them. And they held up. They looked like a T-ball trophy. And I was like, what is that? And they were so pissed. What is that? We have been recognized by San Diego Magazine as people to watch in whatever. 2000. I said, well, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Scoot your little chicken asses down the hall. Let's go. But she oh. is so talented. She's so great. And it, it's funny. And I was going to ask you, Tabitha, for you, when you look at her accomplished, as Dave said, skin in the game. But you know what I like about her, man? She She's a mom. Like when you see what she talks about with her son and she's family, she is definitely somebody who will put 
her arm around you. If you're yeah. in Kathleen's circle, you're family to her, and and she's treated as well. But for you, uh, I know you're at CW, but when you come to Fox and you go, shit, people are actually watching now. And when you have somebody next to you on the desk that's looking out for you, yeah. right? You've probably seen those clips. There's two women in Philadelphia. I'm fascinated by that. The anchor and the weather lady that hated each other. But one was banging the other one's husband. Is it that was, right? Yeah. That, that was, will do it. <laughs> that was the... But that's bad? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. But when, you have, <laughs> when you have somebody <laughs> like her looking out for you, it allows you to relax and just do your thing, right? Oh, absolutely. Because... I know that I can go to her for advice and for support and it's not just at work. Like right. I could go to her at any point in the day and I could say, Hey, like, you know, there's this or this going on and you're right. I'm, she has treated me like family and she is who I want to be one day. Yeah. Absolutely. Want to ask you about things that maybe shake you up a little bit on there. And, and I say this because Jeff and I have a re- really good friend of ours who tennis names was, Oh well, boy. Well, well, not even, not even so, so much of that even, because I remember when I first started doing television and I was a radio guy with Jeff, I just happened to be, Hey, do you want to do weekends on, on Fox six? I mm-hmm. said, yeah, why not? You know, no big deal. It took me longer to tie my tie and shave than I actually had airtime. It wasn't a big deal, but if you're going to pay me to do it, I'll be happy to do it. And I think it was Marie Arcega Dunn said to me, she goes, the hardest thing of television is the go between, meaning when that anchor throws <laughs> it to you and that talk that goes oh, that in between. And for me, that was the hardest part. It was, it was funny when she said that. So Jeff and I have a very close friend and she was working for Fox 11 and we were both in LA at the time. We we're in separate hotel rooms yeah. and she's about to come on and we're, we're both watching separately and right behind her, there's just a huge picture of the LA Dodgers mm-hmm. and the guy who throws it to her says, man, that was some tennis match today, huh? And she just looks at him and goes, I'm going to pretend you aren't even talking. <laughs> she just, <laughs> it completely, it completely threw her off. And then I, I was watching you the other day and, um, Uh-oh. I think it was Jason said to you, how old is Brady? And you just looked at him and went old. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, that made me laugh. But then I was thinking, well, fuck. I go, everyone that's Brady's age, and, and Jeff and I are older than Brady, we're like, yeah. God, I feel bad about myself right now <laughs> that Tabitha Lipkin just said old. He's old. Tabitha. Yes. He's old for his job. Yeah. He's old. We know it. We uh, He's still a goat. Are there any things yeah. that throw you off like that? Where you've got anyone that people throw it to, or, or something comes up? You mentioned tennis names. Yeah. That's just also mainly just when I'm reading. Um, I can prepare all day, but you know, Pliskova sometimes is a word you forget how to say, or Medvedev or Djokovic. But you get used to them, right? Yeah. After you've said them and, and you've watched enough tennis. But no, because I think what happens at a good station like where I work is yeah. you talk about what you're going to talk about <laughs> yeah. in between. Yeah, you have a little bit of a plan. Um, so th- I can't think of any times in which I was very put off by it. Um, maybe once I got asked a weather question about something oh I know what it was I was early in my career at CW and someone asked me about the hurricane categories and how and they asked a very specific hurricane question about (laughs) the mile per hour winds of each category and I was like um let me pull up Google real quick I don't quite remember you don't have that little AMS box next to your name like none of us do uh, I'll make it. I'll Don't make call it. Call me out on that. Yeah. Well, nobody does. Give me a break. Aloha does. Aloha is the coolest. She's great. Um, when you talk tennis names, Tabitha, I nod. Uh, mine was Mike DiGiovanna 
from the L.A. Times. Mm -hmm. Very simple now. Mike was on the air with us on a 50,000-watt station that could be held, heard from San Diego to San Francisco. I couldn't say the guy's fucking name. <laughs> I had to have him. Do you remember this? I remember I, I remember that. Him. I remember you yelling at me for certain names. I was too immature for you to bring on his guests. And oh, yell Nancy at me. Gay. Uh, John Crumpacker. You couldn't pick any of these guys. Um, but I got to the point with Mike where I'd have to have him reset. Just say, hey, Mike, tell people who you are. I couldn't say Mike there, Giovanna. That's okay. But in, He's Italian. He lives in L.A. He's not a French tennis player, Tabitha. That's a fucking idiot. It's okay. You Mike, know what? who are you? In today's world, you can. Right. You can just, versus it being as formal as it used to be where yeah. you had to introduce someone, if you have a hard time with something, people get it th these days. They're like, it's a weird name. Jimmy Garoppolo is a weird name. We yeah. know it, but, you know, let's say a news anchor had to read it. Do you ever have a laughing like, fit? A laughing fit. Oh, man, not, I mean, at myself, yes. No, but, but on the air, did you ever have anything like that where you couldn't get it? Yes. <laughs> it was not in sports, though. It actually went a little viral, and uh, my boss wasn't too excited about it, but I couldn't get the word precipitation out, yeah. and I kept saying participation. <laughs> And I had to keep, and I had to stop. And I, right. it was on like a Huffington Post, like best uh, news bloopers of 2018. And <laughs> mine was the one that they used that was like, it, from this to this weather girl who can't say, I can't even do it now, precipitation. Right. <laughs> uh, and I started laughing on air and I just said rain. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and I just moved on. Good on you. Good on you. You, were, you had to be doing sports when the Chargers left. When they were, when they left at that time to where we are today, would you have imagined the lingering effect that it has, knowing San Diego like you did? Mm -hmm. Because we're a pretty in the moment town, but knowing it and and the anger and the hatred and everything else that is still we we're a, we feel like we're a sports community in grieving, and I'm just wondering for you, on the air at that time. Uh, what was it like then? And when you look back at it, what do you take away? Man, there's a lot that goes into that time period. And it's something that I didn't notice at the time, but someone who worked for the Chargers mentioned it to me that several years before they left, they took San Diego off a lot of their stuff and it just said Chargers. Yeah. Um, I think this was something that was thought out. Um, I, yeah, I think that we knew this would be a lasting effect. Um, I'm still affected by it. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't grow up with an NFL team that was near and dear to me. Now, I love the Cowboys because my uncle did, but mm -hmm. there was no one that I was like, man, but when I moved here and I started covering them, mm -hmm. they became my team. And I was like, right. you know, I found my NFL team. Yeah. Um, when they left, I became a Rams fan. Um, and mm. that being because I said if there was going to be a team in L.A. I had to <laughs> root for, I was going to root for the yeah, other And nothing one. was going to hurt Spanos more than um, the Rams winning. Yeah, but the, but the thing about it is we can't hate each other about it. We can be mad at them. We can mm -hmm. be mad at the organization. We love the players, and then we also love each other. So when it comes to, like, our friend Sean, mm -hmm. his business being under attack because he's a Charger fan, that's ridiculous. Don't be mad at him for being a Charger fan. He's just someone who's a bit more forgiving or, you know, right. that's that's who he is as a human being. So, um, yeah, I think I could have told you it was going to it's going to be this way for a while. I don't think you can't move that. F it's not far. It's a two hour drive. Would it have been moved, e I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. Would it have been easier? And, and I don't know that any of us know the answer because Dave and I met Fab Fabiani in 2002. We watched every layer of this story to the end. 
we saw it coming like the steamroller in Austin Powers and nobody <laughs> wanted to hear it. But I'm wondering, you just said something really interesting and I'm too dumb to remember it in two minutes, so I'll ask <laughs> you now. Would it have been easier on this community if they had moved to San Antonio as opposed to Los Angeles? Absolutely. They needed to get as far away from San Diego as they yeah. could have if they were going to leave. Being in L.A. is a uh, middle finger to San Diego. Yeah. Absolutely it is. And that's why people are still upset. Do you think how much easier your job would be if there was an NFL team here, if there was an NBA team, anything else that was a major professional team outside of the Padres? No, because in that dead space, if you want to call it that, is when I get to tell those really cool stories. Those stories. I think if there was an NFL team here and a, and a uh, NBA team, all of our time would be taken up by that. When, you know, that's why you watch Van Pelt. That's why you watch these mm-hmm. other shows. You watch Fox because you want to hear about the more local things, I think. What story impacted you the most? Oh. So there's a story I did on a kid who was a journalism major who started uh, filming the San Diego City men's college basketball team. Oh, wow. Uh, and he, he, he befriended one of the players, and it happened to be the year that that team won state. Oh, it yeah. was amazing. Um, one of his best friends that he had befriended and a guy on the team who had encouraged this young man to take pictures of them, take videos of them, um, make a documentary about the team winning it all, he killed himself shortly thereafter the um, the championship. Mm. He shot himself in a park, and that had a really devastating effect on everyone. This individual also had two sons and oh, wow. uh, a girlfriend and a team, and then this guy whose name was David, the journalist, uh, who's a student. And so the the kid then turned that around and made a documentary not just about the men's basketball team winning the championship, but also about mental health awareness mm-hmm. and then made sure all the proceeds and set up a Venmo account or excuse me, like a GoFundMe for that to go back to his kids. Um, that was a really deep story. And I had to sit with the coach. I had to sit with David. I had to sit with his girlfriend and watch them cry um, and be with them as I'm like, if you could say anything to him, you know, what would you say? if you could get him back. And mm-hmm. that's the kinds of stories that I don't think you're going to get anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's great. This kid did it. Um, he ended up going to SDSU, but, um, he'd spent two years at city college and then SDSU and he's amazing and his work is amazing, but who's going to necessarily know to watch that, you know, right. unless I was like, Hey, you should check this out. Right. So that was yeah. a pretty impactful story. Out of the San Diego teams that are here, who do you like to cover the most? There's one team here. Well, it, well, <laughs> I, I say, it's funny, Tabitha, Out of all your favorite vanilla ice cream, yeah. Tabitha, what's your favorite I, vanilla? You know what? I'm glad you said that because that's an argument we have all the time. And we have this on Twitter all the time. I say the same thing you just said. There's one team. It's no, the Padres. No, but the, the but then goals the people, will be very upset if they I understand that. Yeah. You have a relationship with the goals. I, yeah. I, I got that. But between the goals and, and lacrosse, lacrosse and yeah. San Diego State, I'm talking about there's one team that if I were to get on an airplane and fly to New York and I mentioned the Padres – People have heard of the Padres. There's, yeah. the, people don't pay attention to San Diego State as a major college sports team. I think they do and they don't. I think you can make the argument that that that, that San Diego State is put on the map for basketball, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but the ones that I like to cover more than the other, the reason I, I don't have a favorite, and this isn't like a diplomatic response, is because I'm typically in studio mm-hmm. when they play. I'm typically the one who's out, and then they'll send Troy to cover um, things that are a little bit more local, um, like the Padres and things like that. I've 
gone to the, I've actually covered more Los Angeles teams than I've covered mm-hmm. locally because I went to the World Series, which was Dodgers, and then yep. the Rams this past season. So, um, whoop, That's I all right. <laughs> You're good. the table. Um, so I'd say that I enjoy them equally, and each organization I feel like is grateful to have coverage, and that's the thing, which is good. That means they're accommodating. To give a team credit, USD basketball mm. team was so welcoming to us and so grateful nice. we were covering them because this year they're doing fantastic. Yes. And so give them a shout out for being just really pleasant and polite and you know welcoming of us to their their court. Tabitha, one thing I didn't know until Dave mentioned it right as we were getting ready to go is that he said you have a history with Conan O'Brien mm-hmm. and Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. I like both of those guys a lot. <laughs> How'd your paths cross? So I um, I interned for them both and then ultimately ended up working for them both for a short period of time. So uh, my path goes, I went to the University of Texas. I was an on-air intern there um, my senior year. I didn't necessarily graduate early, but I gave myself a semester to go to LA to take an internship nice. with Conan on TBS. So that's what I did my last season, my last semester. Did that, um, worked for them, was an intern, but then I also befriended like one of the stage managers and she got me like side gigs, which yes. helped me, you know, it's not cheap to live in LA. Right, no. So I was like bartending and interning and doing all these things and then taking like these three throwaway credits so that I could get financial aid. But anyway, did that, graduated, took a community college credit so that I could intern at the Colbert Report <laughs> my summer after. And then I also ended up being a PA for them for a short period of time towards the very end. Came back to LA, um, worked like behind the scenes and doing like audience coordinating stuff. Then I ended up working as a weekend news anchor in Palmdale, California. That was my nice. first on air. Up the job. 14. Yeah, yeah, up the 14. <laughs> what a place. Um, I was there for six months, came to San Diego. And then once I was in San Diego, I was like a weekend producer slash writer slash I would get to put my face on TV for 10 seconds uh, at CW6, was there for two years, worked my way up. And then I also worked at Fox Sports San Diego. I created some original content for them. I won the Miss Scuba stuff. And then I worked at OAN and had a travel show. And then fast forward and I ended up here at Fox 5. (laughs) Staying with uh, late night TV, because Jeff and I are big fans of late night television. We always talk about different things that that we've gone to and we've seen in person. And we've even gone together to see Kimmel and those kind of things. Late night TV, is that something that you would say, this is this is something I, I would like to do full time? I could see myself working on late night television. Yeah, that was the goal. And that still is the goal. But I knew that if it's something I wanted to do myself, there was two paths. And one of them was I needed to go and get in front of the camera. You, It's very hard to transition once you've made it to a certain point behind the camera. Yep. That's maybe changing now a little sure. bit. They're putting producers on and stuff like that. But for the most part, you have to be somewhat trained in what you're doing. So... Um, Late night TV, I think, is the greatest format to give people meaningful information. It's funny, too, because I'm a Conan guy, so I'm always wondering. I never really can figure out quite why that didn't catch because there's so many things on YouTube. YouTube's a rabbit hole, but it's it's so fun because you go. And the thing that I've always liked about him is the way he, it seems that you were there, so hopefully you can confirm what I believe, which is it looks like he's very cool to his staff. Yeah. Like if, and I like guys like that because Dave and I have met enough. Am I boring you? No. Dave and I have met enough. Dave's over there yawning, sleepy guy. I'm just kidding. But you meet enough no. people, Tabitha, you know, where you meet enough people where when the red light's on and everything's fine and then it's like, don't talk to me, don't make eye contact. 
the whole thing. Do you look at that? I don't know. But it's like last night was the reincarnation yeah. of his show. And I look at it and you go, there's another guy, right? We go, he seems very likable. I like how he treats his staff. He messes with certain guys. And for whatever reason, I heard Leno Stern was playing Leno clips talking about Conan today, which came off really like a douche move for him. Uh, meaning Leno talking about Conan. Really? Yeah. Even th- now? Well, because he was on, Stern was playing a clip. It was, Leno was on with Andy Cohen. And Andy Cohen said, would you do anything different? He goes, no. It's a ratings-based business. So, no, I wouldn't do anything different. Um, but, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck I that have some, <laughs> I, I mean, yes, he's very good to his staff. <laughs> So in that time period from yes. NBC to TBS picking him up, he paid everyone's salary That's out incredible. of pocket. Did you watch wow. that documentary? Did you see that documentary when he went on the road after getting blown out? Yeah. Wow, right? Yeah. Like, That's part of the reason I wanted to intern for him. I, I mean, I, I loved him. I will say he was affected by it deeply. Right. It was, it's a very personal thing when your best friend who's the head of in, you know NBC uh, and something like that happens. Because the other thing you, you forget and something that when I talked to the writers and people who worked for Conan when we talked about this, because it was very fresh when I worked there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the overall theme was Jimmy Fallon could have said no. Leno mm-hmm. could have said no, mm-hmm. but they didn't. And mm. that was more, and yes, it's a, a cutthroat business and you can make that argument, you know, mm-hmm. business is business. Sure. But I think at the end of the day, uh, being a good person is better business than having business. Yeah. That's my opinion. And then it comes back to the, always, every time you try and do something right or be the good guy, the, the saying nice guys finish last, going to be more true. I mean, you, you see this over and over again, unfortunately. I want to ask you about stand-up comedy. We talk about late night and everything else that yeah. just now, but I think a lot of people don't realize you've done comedy. You, 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 I, not you, you, well. <laughs> well. Well, just to have the nerve to, to step up and give it a shot yeah. is, to me, one of the bravest things going. Jeff and I have never done it. We've been behind a microphone for right. 25 years, but we've never had the, the nerve to get up on stage and, and try and make people laugh. Yeah. I mean, the, the capacity in which I've done it hasn't been great. Uh, the idea <laughs> is that I would do more of it and do it in front of more people because um, it's it's about repetitions. That's yeah. the biggest thing. I know people who've made it in stand-up who aren't funny, but man, did they never stop. They just kept going right. until people were finally like, ah, eh, that's actually all right, that's kind of funny. And then yeah. they get a TV show, and that's, yeah. that's life. So that is the biggest thing, and I... Not to say that I don't have time, because you should always make time for your passions, but I just haven't had time to actually do it consistently. One of the things I've been fascinated by doing this job is talking to people about adrenaline, because mm-hmm. there's adrenaline, and I worked in combat sports a lot, so I was always fascinated talking to fighters about the walk to the cage and that feeling of being alone, and you know when does it kick in? Our friend Darren Smith and I went out one night and had a bunch of beers. And he said something about radio because we were saying, why do you always go back? He goes, you know why you always go back? He said, because there's something that you like when it's right before you, when the music's playing and you know you got your thumb and you got to hit that red button. You don't know what the fuck's going to happen next. He's like, that's why you keep going back because we do that. So for you, you scuba dive. You've done stand-up comedy. You're on TV. Where do you, where do you handle that adrenaline itch? Because you clearly have it. I think the problem is that I don't know. That's why I keep doing so many things. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things get me to that point. I like to get to that point, like you said, of the unknown. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. That's why I like live TV. Right. I love anything. Right. But um, 
man, there's so many things that can give you that feeling too. All right, so walk us walk us through because there's people we all have them. We all have friends. I got in big trouble one night because I was out with some friends and like some asshole sits down at the table, right? <laughs> and yeah, this will shock you, but I'd had a few drinks and I was obnoxious. Oh my goodness! I know it's awful. Don't judge me. I won't. And uh, but... this guy said, "You know, uh, I I could do talk radio." I go, "No, you couldn't. No, you couldn't." <laughs> And he goes, why do you say that? And I said, because San Diego's a city of a million people you have to entertain. And I said, you're boring the fuck out of the four of us. <laughs> and my friend kicked me so hard in the leg. And I said, ow, who kicked me? That was That's kind of, great. Well, you know, beers make you oh, good. But, man. but we all think, my point in that being is that just like that guy thinks, you know, oh, I could do talk radio. There's so many people that think they could do this, and one of those would be stand-up comedy, but they haven't done it. So I'm gonna ask to do something. You said you haven't done it at a high level. No. So when you're up, first off, where's the room? How big's the audience? And how quickly do you know, oh boy, I'm in trouble? Oh, I haven't done it consistently enough to give you a... No, but was there one night doing stand-up? Because to me, I, I have so much admiration for anybody who has the courage to do it. Because it's just like, fuck, that seems terrifying to me. Was it's, there one night that you remember where you go, oh, shit, this is just not working? No, because I also oh, uh, will, you know, maybe have a drink or two. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Don't judge there's, your game, you asshole. You just, uh, you know, you just take the edge off. Because yeah. it's the same thing with um, TV. And I think being in TV helps you process this more so. Yeah. There are going to be good days and there are going to be bad days. Yeah. And you cannot hold on to the bad days. Right. It's right. done. No rear it's view mirror. over. There's, yeah. You go live. You do it. It does well. Great. It doesn't. Whatever. You learn for it. You move on. Yeah. Same thing in comedy. And so before you get up, you're not up there for the people in the room. When you're starting out, you are only up there for yourself. Right. Because the people in the room are other comedians. There yeah. are other people waiting for their turn to get yeah. on that stage. And at the end of the day, they want to be more successful than yeah, you. Yeah, right. They're like that's, against that's, you. Yeah, of course. I mean, <laughs> ideally not, right? But yeah. Of course. They yeah. want themselves to be the funniest that's in the exactly room. exactly right. So when you get up, you remember, this is your time for you and the room. It doesn't matter if there's one person in there or a hundred in there. It is about how you feel when you step off the stage. Let yeah. me ask you about your support stuff as far as getting to where you are. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's not easy for a lot of people to say, I'm going to chase my dream. When they're people that you're related to, where you're close to, you value their opinion, you say you're nuts. It's too big of a gamble. It's not going to work out for you. Who are the people that basically pushed you ahead and said, go ahead, Tabitha, you chase your dream. You're going to make it. I, you know, I've had one person in my life, and that's my grandmother. I was raised oh, by man. my grandmother. So um, she has never told me no. Um, and maybe that's why I do so many things, because she also never made me choose. Um, in high school, every year I did something different. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. My freshman year, I was in band. My sophomore What'd you year, play? I, I played flute. Nice. Yeah. Can my buddy play? Marty, my Thank buddy you. Marty listens to this podcast and a lot of chicks like him. Marty played the tuba. Did he play the tuba? <laughs> he a tuba player? Yeah. Remember that, Marty? <laughs> Sorry. Something tells me he wasn't actually playing a tuba. Right now he's just hitting the steering wheel, wishing it was my head. <laughs> Fuck, don't tell Tabitha I played the tuba. I sent her those fucking flowers every day, you dick. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Marty. But yeah, do something different. So you just, 
you keep doing it so my what grandmother. What you do year two? You oh, just sorry. Sit. Year two was volleyball and cross country, which I nice. had done all these things in middle school. So then yeah, I went back. Tall. I changed my mind. I was like, oh, actually, I want to do athletics. Then I moved schools in the middle of high school. Oh, shit. And How I was just, that? That was awful. Let's not, I was, that, there's a picture, which I'll show you as I continue telling my story. Perfect. So yeah. um, then my I went into theater because I was like, oh. I want to be an actress. And then I realized theater kids are the worst. If you're a theater kid or a parent of a theater kid, I'm sorry, but I have to tell you the truth. And then the senior year, I went to play soccer. <laughs> nice. What play were you in? Uh, I was in a streetcar named Desire, and oh. I actually played the role of Stella. Really? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I won a state. Um, Is that you? That's me. Oh, my God. I'm so goddamn blind. Yeah, she's not going to show you a picture of some other high school girl. No, it's my neighbor, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at you. Oh, my God. That You look like... Uh, what year is that? That's, that's your my senior, senior year? year? Oh shit, that's In awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So so that being said, I have my grandmother who uh, I'll show it to you as well. Yeah, I got to see it now. Um who supported me no matter what I've done and that's awesome. th- that's been it. That's awesome. So th- th- you know what though, I give credit to that. You only live once and you're going to sit there and try a bunch of different things. You know, right. you're not going to sit there and get into a rut and you're going to tr- see what's exactly the correct fit for you. I was I said that to people all the time. It's uh, I have a ton of friends who throw their daughters into cheerleading. Yeah. And cheerleading is crazy ass expensive. It's like $5,000 a year to have your kid cheer in high school. Wow. And it is a lot of money. And I keep thinking if I had a daughter, I wouldn't let her be a cheerleader. You aren't going to spend your time cheering on other people's achievements. It sounds bad to say, but but that I would say you got to find your thing. Son of a bitch. Isn't that Did you sick? Just say that? It sounds bad to say that, especially honestly. Some of my closest friends have daughters that are in competitive cheerleading, but I would not let my daughter do it. I don't know. But the the other side of what you're saying is that in their competition, like those competitions, those are different. Are the fierce. competitions are different. The, yeah. the competitions, like you see on on TV. John Benet. <laughs> she wasn't a goddamn cheerleader. She, she wasn't. She wasn't. No. Asshole. She was a pageant queen. I thought queen. she was at SMU. <laughs> she was at SMU. She was like five. Oh shit! You fucking dick. Sorry. Oh, sorry. We're live. I don't have a fact checker here. Oh, man. No. But I get it. But technically, when it comes to high school football, everyone's cheering on the team. It doesn't matter if you're a band or a cheerleader or a kid who likes math but goes to the games on Friday. Technically, everything is built around those games. I'm pretty sure she was at Texas Tech. What's the biggest biggest misconception about Tapitha Lipkin? Um... Thing I was gonna say, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> You're thinking of your boss right now, right? No, I'm thinking right. of what my boss would yes, say. Yes, I knew it. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what people think. I only know how I am. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what people. What, tell me something you have a misconception of. <laughs> I don't know. No, of you? Not at yeah, all. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think you know what I think it is, Tabitha, and I think you'll understand when I say this. I think people look and say Tabitha is very fun. I think Tabitha is very fun, and I've said it a couple of times, very likable. But I think when they hear you talk on different levels about different things, they're not being disrespectful. They're just not necessarily expecting it, if that makes sense to you. Oh, because I'm hot. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of people watch the news, especially guys who, to talk sports, you got to be a guy. The guy that thinks that way. So when they see right. a pretty girl on oh, TV, sure. like, she's oh. she's there to get viewers because she's hot. Exactly no. the case. But as which I would, you're, that's why I would say for you to for Please people to say me. follow. Well, not only watch you, 
<laughs> but follow me on social media. You and I were basically writing back and forth during the NFL yeah. playoffs. And Jeff came in to do a show that night, and I didn't tell Jeff who was coming on. I said, do you want to know who's coming on, or do you want me to tell you on the air who's coming on? Yeah. And I said, I will tell you this, because you killed you, 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 you won me over when you said, don't murder me. I mean, I thought you meant don't be too hard during the interview. No. You said, literally, do not murder me. Do you live in some crazy apartment? I laughed my ass guys, off. guys, like, come to my garage and, and hang I, out oh, with yeah. me. Yeah, hang out. We'll like, take okay, a show. Yeah. And I said, to, I said to Jeff, I said, I'm telling you, I think when this girl leaves here, she's going to be one of her favorite people in San Diego. She's going to win us over. And that's something you don't get, though, sitting on, behind the desk. You don't see the, the personality and the funny. I, I see it through As your social much. media. Yeah. Your social media shows me that you're, you're a fun person. On, on TV, I think if people don't know you. You look like that pretty girl that's there to get it's ratings. A little, it's a little more structured. Well, I will say, you know, if people really want to dig, I I didn't really uh, always look like this. The blonde hair isn't real, what? believe it or not. Um, you never say that. that. I know. We'll you take that, that out and post. <laughs> Um, no, but cause here's the thing, like, and you, people can have whatever opinion they want of me based on whatever they see. But the truth is like, I really love life and I love people. And every day I get to interact with people. I get to tell stories. I get to do things that, you know what? I am okay saying that I may not be the most incredible sportscaster out there because I'm still learning. I'm still very young. Again, I come from politics. I come from news. And even before that, my my second thing was weather. Sports is something that I started being really interested in post-college. And that's yeah. why I started doing those things with CS Keys and like learning. Um, and I'm still learning. So if you can watch me and accept that and know that I'm like you, um, I'm a viewer, I'm a passionate individual, and I'm a fan at some level, but I'm also going to give you the information you need and need to know because I have a great team that supports me and works with me at Fox, then come on, watch me. We'll have a good time. Tap with the two-part question. Five years from today, Mm -hmm. where's San Diego as a sports town? Where's Tabitha Lipkin? San Diego as a sports town is still going to be passionate. People like to be like, oh, San Diego, they're all surfing and they're all smoking dope and they're all, (laughs) don't you love that old term? Yeah. Smoking dope. Who says that anymore? Um, They don't care. Yes, they do. San Diego is full of a lot of transplants, but they love San Diego and they call San Diego home. And because San Diego says, you know what? The Padres are your team. San Diegans are like, all right, the Padres are our team. Goals are your hockey team. All right, you know, Seals, and I think that the brands that have built up here, soccer, San Diego Soccer, I think Landon Donovan yeah. has announced he's joining that team. Um, I think people are going to continue to love and support themselves as a community. I think it's going to grow. I don't think we're going to have an NFL team. Um, I just, won't. No, we're, we're There's not. nowhere to play. There's nowhere to play. Yeah. You make a great point. And maybe one day. Maybe 10 years from now, maybe as San Diego grows. I've lived here 30 years now. <laughs> you think not? When I moved here, no. they were going to build a brand new state-of-the-art sports arena. Why didn't they? Because, because they don't San do Diego. shit in this town. I think that things can change. Um, I'm going to be optimistic and say that You're maybe, girl. maybe <laughs> we could get the Jags. Let's bring the Jacksonville yes. Jaguars here to San Diego and uh, Elon Musk can buy them and build an all-electric <laughs> stadium for us. Right. So that's what's going to happen. 10 years, not quite five. Okay, got uh, it. For me, myself, I don't know. I am enjoying what I'm doing now. 
ideally one day I would like to have a satirical um, type of show that is based around news and maybe sports. I've been floating this idea and maybe I shouldn't say it, but I'll go ahead and throw it out there that I'd like to do a political sports show where a lot of people have been attacking politicians or excuse me, attacking athletes and saying you need to stay in your lane. If anyone understands adversity and understands overcoming and dedication, it's athletes. Yep. Um, you have, of course, LeBron James, who's probably the the best known for his contributions to Akron. But you also have Ennis Cantor, yep. who's from yeah. Turkey and who could talk a lot about why when Turkey is telling you something that maybe you take it with a grain of salt because that is a... A really interesting country that has a lot of problems as far as their dealings with Saudi Arabia on the side of what happened to Khashoggi. Things like that, you know, bringing in people who are from those areas. You know, I like it a lot. I I tell you what, and I think there's a platform for it because people want to believe, number one, athletes aren't very smart. Two is they say, I don't care. I just want to see you play the sport. Having covered the NFL for the last 25 years, and especially last year when uh, the Chargers were up in Carson for the first time, I was always pushed to the visiting, the, the locker room with the winning team. A lot of times yeah. it was the visiting team. And there are guys almost brought to tears on how they were being accused about taking a knee and why they take a knee. Completely different than what was put out on sports radio, what people would tell you about their unpatriotic this or that. And the players are like, and it never once have I ran into a player who said, this has to do because I dislike the country or don't want to be in this country. It is never. I think there's a platform there and people could say, I don't want to hear it. And they can either decide to take that information or not take that information. But for me, I think that's something that's, uh, that, that's unique. I, I have two questions for you too. It, one is, what's your favorite thing to do in San Diego? And two, as far as how long do you think we keep in San Diego? Because people keep telling me Tabitha's going to be in L.A. before you know it. And that's Who what says hap- that? That happens all the time here. That happens all the time where people are successful in San Diego and boom, all of a sudden they're in L.A. I Don't say that too loud. Sorry. Just, no. yeah, but but and it's, it's great to have goals. And why wouldn't you? Because it's a different size media market. And so we do yeah. see it all the time. People that make it in San Diego, when they get that shot in L.A., you'd be crazy to turn it down. Number one, the job... To me, it seems a lot easier because there's so many producers that do things for you. Two is the money so much better. Why wouldn't you want to be in that market? Not saying that offers on the table. Number one, what is your favorite thing to do in San Diego? Uh, Work-wise or personally? Personally. You know, I really like, this is kind of crazy, but I'm at the age, I really enjoy the food scene and drink scene. I like going and I like exploring new places. There, There is a lot of new things that are opening all over town. Chula Vista being a huge spot for right. growth and development, which is so fun to visit. You obviously have downtown and you have Little Italy and those places, but it spreads, you know, all the way here we are in East Lake and all the way up to Carlsbad where you yep. have fun places like Campfire. And I like exploring those places and because uh, I don't have a lot of free time and going out with the people that I, I love and care about when I do have a night off. Do you ever do talk radio? Have I? Yeah. And Would you do it? I Yeah, I think so. Right. Why not? That's why I was just going to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think anyone's paying me to do it, and Fox doesn't have a radio um, partner, so that's probably a big part of why I don't. Yeah, those guys at 1090 need to figure it out. Yeah, I think it would be very interesting. This is where Tabitha's at in the whole thing. Uh, one, (laughs) One quick one for you. We have people that listen to this show that have kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of moms listen to this show. Don't ask me why. I'm thrilled that they do. Because I know you guys are hotties. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, They know that LASIK surgery is right around the corner. (laughs) Um, 
If they're looking and they have kids and kids are talking about broadcasting and the whole thing for you, Tap, I'm sure you're asked, what advice do you give parents that they can pass along to their kids if they're interested in a path, this neurotic world that we live in? <laughs> I would say that those kids need to figure out why they want to be in media. Mm. Because I get a lot of people who reach out to me and my first question to them is why? And if your answer is because that you want fame and fortune, you're in the yeah. wrong industry. <laughs> um, it has to depend on what kinds of stories you want to tell. Do you want to be in the media because you want to be able to connect with people about what's happening in their neighborhoods? Do you want to do it because it's sports-based? And right. I would say if your kid wants to do it, give them the opportunities. Let them join the clubs that I know most high schools have. Mm -hmm. If not, you know, maybe do allow them to pick up. T today you have cameras on your, your phones, which we didn't right. have. So if they want to go out and shoot stories and do things, let them. Obviously monitor them. It depends on their age. But they can start YouTube channels. They can yeah. start these little things. Um, and they're all always welcome to reach out to someone like me we I love to bring kids into the studio and show them around oh nice absolutely um and the biggest thing is to not give up again mm. the people who are successful the most aren't necessarily the people who are the best but the people who never gave up no kidding exactly right yeah Tabitha, what can we promote for you? What, what, tell me about your website. What do, what do you what do? You, are you promoting the website? Are you yeah, promoting? go to my okay. website. It's uh, it's believe it or not, it's tabithalipkin.com. Wow, you were able okay. to get it. <laughs> can you guys? Can you, you can check that out. Um, you know, I am big on social media. I use Instagram probably Instagram and Twitter more than anything. Yeah. So that's at Tabitha Lipkin, and then I'm on Facebook at Tabitha Lipkin official. Perfect. Be coolest. And then watch Fox 5. We uh, sure will. My bosses will make sure I said that. Give absolutely. our best to Kathleen. <laughs> give our best will. to Aloha. Thank and you. What I think is very cool in San Diego, maybe it's nationwide, but we're here. When you look at all of, and really all the local channels, female talent who are so good at what they do are front and center. Fox 5 does an incredible job. Dave and I worked with Aloha. We worked with Kathleen, but Chrissy Russo and... Everybody else that they have in Christina, between. Heather, all right. of them. Yeah. yeah. All of them in between from their Jen. But, Can't forget Jen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all super nice. But eight does it, 10 does it, 39 does it. Where Fox you go. does it best. They sure do. They absolutely do. But Tabitha, it's great to see you come absolutely. back again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank guys. you so much. How cool to have Tabitha Lipkin with us. We've let her go. But, uh, Incredibly likable, Dave. Incredibly candid, and uh, I just uh, I like people that that are very cool being themselves. Like she is hanging out, having a beer, fucking around. Yeah. And uh, but uh, keep an eye if you watch Fox Five at night. But she told us in April she's going to spend a couple of months on the morning show. But very very cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. No, she was great. Love people that don't take themselves too seriously. Great sense of humor and. Uh, at the same time, you and I are not big fans of people that have tremendous egos. She 100% oh. did not, which, no. was, which was really cool. Yeah, very cool to have her on. I want to thank a couple people, and then you and I have some stuff to uh, address radio-wise. Uh, I want to thank some of the people that have helped this show continue going on. We'll start with our main guy, Brian Curry, selling real estate all over San Diego County for the last 20 years. Again, he's a guy winning all these awards. Every one of you knows somebody, if not 10 people, that sell real estate in San Diego. Those guys aren't making a living at it. Those guys aren't the ones that have done extremely well. Brian Curry is your guy. Don't waste time and say to your friends, hey, I'll use you. Look, this is the biggest investment you're ever going to make. It's very important you get this right. Make sure you call Brian Curry at 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Yeah, there's a little bit of sense of urgency, BC. We got to get this shit moving. So, uh, 
I'm really happy about it. I'm really happy about it. I was telling Dave tonight, you get to a point in your life where you go, fuck, man, I kind of feel like I had a great talk today, Dave, with uh, a friend, Katie Temple, who I think the world of. Yep. Who, look, I, I hope for a lot of you people that you're lucky enough to have friends that check in on you. And for me, I have a ton of them. And I'm incredibly fortunate. And one of them is Katie Temple. And talking to her today... And she said, you know, she'll always say the same thing. How are you? You good? And I said, yeah, you know what's funny, Katie? I'm really good. I'm really good. And one of the things that has helped me get there in 2019 are friends like her, friends like Dave, Stevie Woods, and really Brian Curry. Yeah. Because uh, everything's done in a couple of weeks. At least I'm led to believe that if this fucking thing drags into 2024. And uh, and now I'm not allowed to start my new life with Melissa Rivers. Then I'm fucked <laughs> up. But I'm led to believe things are going to move quick. And then it's like, okay, BC, here's my number. What do we got? And I can't wait, yeah. Dave. Like to me, it's just shit. There's stuff in your life that makes you nervous. Fuck, I went through one earlier today where you're nervous as fuck. You just don't know what's going to happen. And uh, from a real estate standpoint. I, I haven't had, from the day he became part of this family, I was like, holy shit, I couldn't be in better hands. Yeah. And, and I just mean it sincerely. So I would just say if you are somebody that's looking to buy or if you're looking to sell, if you're concerned about what the future holds for the market, then make a call to Brian and tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. So many of these guys have been great to us. Oh, as you know, we're huge fans. I've spoke to... Daniel Tyler today. Yeah. And uh, Daniel's going to help me out with uh, with a project on a baseball field that we've been talking about for a while. And we'll get into that more down the road. But again, you talk about a guy that does great Huge. work, Superior Fence Company. I was telling someone just the other day that, look, here's a guy that specializes in the North County because yep. he's having an issue with neighbors on both sides. The fence needs to be repaired mm -hmm. where you go to the neighbor and <laughs> you say, look, you pay half, I pay half. And you got the neighbor that says, fuck off. Mm -hmm. Fence looks good to me. And he says, I just need someone to get this fence done. Without a doubt, the only person to call is, is Daniel Tyler. Again, he special, specializes in the North County. We'll go all over San Diego County for you. He's going to come all the way down to the South Bay for me. Started in 2005. Make sure you give Daniel a call at 760-745-4846. 760-745-4846. It's SanDiegoSuperiorFence.com. Well, I think you could be at any point of San Diego County, and it feels like it's happened in the last couple of weeks. It happens down here in East Lake, Claremont, La Mesa, and I hear it in North County too. And it's the fucking coyotes that are out. Yep. And I don't know what it is about coyotes. Maybe it's because dogs or cats or neither. Uh, but coyotes freak me out. They freak me out because of my kids and they freak me out because of pets. My kids have a small dog and they have a couple of cats that they adore, and I'm always worried about that because we've had issues in the past. And then, Dave, last night I was on YouTube, and I think a lot of people saw this. It led the news. There was a coyote in Denver, and this coyote got in. Fucking thing went right in the cat door, and they had it on the nanny cam, and this fucking coyote stood right up in the kitchen, made itself a Denver omelet. <laughs> son of a bitch. That son of a bitch. Those were my last three yeah. eggs. So if you get up in the morning and you're like, what the fuck happened to the English muffin? Hey, fuck you. You should call Dan Tyler. Go somewhere else. Go get yourself an egg McMuffin or you're going to come out 
And about six foot seven looking wily coyote motherfucker is yes. going to be making French toast. And your wife's going to be looking at him with that gleam in her eye that you haven't seen in a long time. <laughs> Fuck you. Call Superior Fence. Also, don't forget about that perfect pool. Right now it's January, but before you know it, man, it starts getting a little bit warmer. Make sure you call Alan Taylor, Taylor Made Pools, 20 years in San Diego, doing great things across the county. Alan Taylor's your guy. Whatever pool you can dream of, trust me, he's dreaming of one even better, and he can make it a reality. Alan Taylor's number, 619-449-4452. Again, Taylor Made Pools, 619-449-4452. Do what I did. We had a friend reach out yesterday. This is actually a true story. You can judge the Denver Omelet story however you like. I'm not offended. <laughs> but yesterday we had people reach out. Dave, I think they reached out to you as well and said, hey, my boss wants a pool. Can you help me get in contact with TaylorMade Pool? Well, what I did was I said, yeah, I'll get you in contact. I sent the message to Amy. Yeah. Because while I love my Canadian buddy, I was like, I, Al's out building pools. If I need to get shit done and I need calls returned immediately, that's why they're such a great team. I love those two. They're great. Amy and Alan do great. Alan's out there getting it done. Amy's got it all put together. I'm thrilled for the uh, people that are making a call and getting that brand new tailor-made pool. Dave, I have people, I had friends uh, in Toronto, Ontario, beautiful yeah. part of the world. Four days ago, it was minus 18 degrees Jesus. Fahrenheit. Today, it was 41 and this friend of mine in Toronto often will go to the gym wearing her tailor-made pool, proud sponsor of the Dave and Jeff Sweet. show. Right. And I said to her today, I go, God damn, I better talk to Al Taylor. 41 degrees Fahrenheit, you may need a tailor-made pool. She goes, bring it up. Bring the earth mover. So <laughs> if you live anywhere in San Diego or you live in any of the great provinces, Dave, of all the the provinces in Canada, in Canada what's your favorite one? Alberta. Oh, what do you got against British Columbia? It was the first one that jumped into my head. <laughs> I'm proud that you got that. Me too. You did good. <laughs> oh, but shit. Spring's coming. Yeah. Fun time. And like I said, gas prices, everything else. Hotels. Why do you want to mess with the TSA? Don't do any of that shit. Just go in the backyard, hang out. And enjoy your brand new tailor-made pool. Absolutely. And finally, don't forget about Kyle Fluger, 619-500-6621, that brand new website. Talked to someone just the other day that mm -hmm. has already used Kyle and says, man, he's going in the right direction, helping this guy's business get right off the ground. 619-500-6621 for perfect websites to make your business look that much more professional and functional. Kyle's your guy. I was on a website the other day. It said under construction yeah. for 1,200 days. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Jesus Christ, they got the Cronky Stadium built in less than 1,200 days. Get your website built. Maybe you need a new webmaster. And that website is Kyle Fluger. And the great thing about Kyle is when we announced Jake's projects that night at Jake's Memorial, the next day, Kyle sent us a text and he said, hey, boys, congratulations. We own jakesprojects.org. So we are very thrilled about that. His work that he has done on DaveAndJeffShow.com is outstanding. I've had so many people, including friends in Colorado, say, hey, yeah. we use your website as a template for what we want to do. That makes me incredibly proud of our show, of our website, and it makes me incredibly happy that we have a guy like Kyle Fluger. You're going to want to feel the same way. Give him a call and tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. So a lot of things going on in, in San Diego this week. People have been waiting for this podcast not only was it great having tabitha on but they want to know kind of you know opinion on things as mm -hmm. we have focused a lot on 
what everyone else is talking when they're talking NFL and they're talking Padres and, and everything else with Ron Fowler. Mm-hmm. There's radio news. And when there's radio news that, that occurs in San Diego, I mean, we've said it for a long time. There are three sports stations. There's one major team. How long can you keep it going? At what point do people start paying the price? Yeah, it happened yesterday. Company-wide email went out from BCA that I was – I got a copy of. Um, and it said that eight people lost their job. Uh, my friend Taryn, who we worked with at both Clear Channel and at 1090s, a name that you don't know, but she is a great person. And sadly, she lost her job yesterday, and I feel very badly for her. Absolutely. Uh, Johnny Browner. Johnny Browner, I think, is a great dude. And the thing is, what I love about JB is that JB is a guy on the air. He's a character. He's a personality. But he's off the air, too. He's one of the most genuine, nice people I know. You're right. He's a really good dude. And with John Browner, what, what, why I was sorry to see Johnny go is I sent a note today. I sent a private note, and I sent a message on Twitter, appreciation to Scott Kaplan. And the message I said to Scott was, John doesn't get an, uh, a forum for his voice, which I enjoy a lot, not only because he's my friend, I just get a kick out of him because he's a loon. If Kaplan isn't constantly looking for a way to get opportunities for new voices, and not many people do that. I yep. just said to Scott, I said, hey, man, I just wanted to let you know uh, I was paying attention, and I appreciate what you do for those guys um, because I wouldn't have known him. Uh, even though he was our intern, apparently, at 1360, I had no idea until John told me that. I felt very dumb. He's, <laughs> he's like, and I remember John saying one night, he goes, well, I can understand your confusion because there were a lot of 6'6 six, six black interns at 1360. <laughs> <laughs> He goes, yeah, it was me and Allie Wagner. Yeah. And I go, fuck. <laughs> I don't remember. Great. He goes, well, I remember you, and I liked my time there, but whatever. That's hilarious. Um, but I like John Browner a lot, and I, I, he's a really, really good dude. He's a really, really good dude. And that brings us to Mike Shepard. Yeah. Mike Shepard is the program director there. I had a couple of people today uh, question why I wrote on Twitter uh, as the great Hawk Harrelson would say, he gone. Mike Shepard, I'll just tell you for me and for Dave, he made our fucking life miserable. Sure did. Mike Shepard to me was as unprofessional as anybody I've ever worked for. I have no feelings at all because Mike Shepard had no feelings at all. When we left 1090, we were given one week severance. Mike Shepard told me every day in the time that I worked for him that he l- hated Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, yep. which is really funny today looking at Saw's stupid fucking tweet <laughs> about how he's friends with Shep because I'm like, he fucking hated your guts. He did. And on December 7th, 2012, uh, as everything was moving along fine and we knew Scott and Billy Ray were coming back and we knew Jim Rome were coming back, uh, Dave and I were pretty excited about an opportunity that we had with Fox Sports San Diego. For whatever reason... Upper management had determined that Josh, Sherrod, and Dave were out. And I've told this story before on the air. And uh, Mike Shepard called me as I was pulling into my house in La Mesa. Hey, buddy. He always <laughs> had this nervous little rat voice. 
And uh, and I said, hey. And he said, well, I need you to come back. And I said, yeah, I'm not fucking coming back. I'm not coming back. Because there had been talk about movement and everything else. And uh, he said, well, we got to talk to you. And I said, well, we can talk here. Like, I really don't. We're fine. And it was at that point where another unprofessional fucking guy dealt with. And I've been fired by plenty of guys that I'm fine with. Right? Pete Schwartz and Jim Daniels, let us go at 103.7. Love both of those guys. Dave Sniff, Tracy Johnson, let me go at KFNB. I love both of those guys. Aaron Creasy, I had to go at Clinch Gear. I love that guy. Uh, Don Martin at, at Fox Sports Radio was nothing but class because we weren't moving to L.A., Love all those guys. Incredible opportunities. This is no sour grapes. It's because a dick needs to be called a fucking dick. And Mike Shepard and Norm Foyer, another fucking clueless fuck, say to me, uh, hey, you know, we're bringing Rome back. And at that time, our morning show ran 6 to 10. They said, well, we're moving the show 6 to 9. I said, okay. Uh, Is this impacting my money? And they said, no. And I said, okay. And they said, but Dave's out. And we've shared this story, but it's relevant again. With oh, Mike, I love it. With yeah. Oh, it's a fucking nightmare every time you say it. With Mike, <laughs> go ahead. With Mike getting removed from his duties yesterday, and I said, "Where the fuck is Dave going? We just made a deal with Fox Sports San Diego. They're putting in three hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment to televise this show." Norm Foyer, being the clueless fuck that he is had the balls to say, well, and sometimes in business you make decisions and you piss people off. Jesus. Never gave a reason as to why Dave was out. Never gave a reason as to why Josh was out. Never gave a reason why Sherrod was out. I guess, though, Josh and Sherrod, unfortunately, in the numbers game with Rome coming in, Darren, Scott, and Billy Ray, whatever. So I said, uh, if Dave's out, I'm assuming you're going to put me with Darren Smith with Marty producing because there had been everybody knew there'd been tension between those two shows been resolved now. But at the time we weren't show. They said, no, we're leaving Darren where it is. And I said, well, who's going with me to which Mike Shepard had the fucking balls to say to me after what he had said to me every fucking day for seven months. So before you say anything to fucking me, fuck you, any of you, that have the ability to go, hey, you're a little out of line because the guy lost his job. Fuck you. My kids were four fucking years old when this shit happened. It was a good job. And Mike Shepard, being the cowardless little fucking dickless prick that he is, said, you know, I'm really excited about the idea of the dynamic of you working with Lee. And I paused and I go, are you fucking kidding me right now, Shep? Are you fucking kidding me? And he said, no, no, no. I think it's going to be great. Every fucking day yeah that i worked for this guy it was all talk how can he get hacks out of the building he looked me in the eye and looked dave in the eye and he hated hacksaw and he if he just said you know jeff we're just kind of in a situation where we're jammed and i may need you fuck i need i may need you to put you with saw if he had just been a man and said shot straight instead of being a bitch then i don't know tonight that i'm laughing but fuck him Fuck him, because if I go take that job, this show doesn't happen. The two years at 1360 and a lot of other things don't happen. I've had a lot of fucking people, including members of my own family, question that. Let me tell you this. about right. Yeah. I don't like Lee Hamilton. I don't trust Lee Hamilton. Lee Hamilton let me down, not for any other reason that I was a fan, but I saw who Lee is. None of you know who the fuck he is. 
So when you jerk him off on social media, you're an idiot. Lee Hamilton would fucking stab you in the back in a minute with no remorse if it meant something beneficial to Lee. You know how I know that? Because 10 minutes after Dave and Josh and Sherrod, three guys I consider family, were let go, Lee Hamilton had the audacity to call me and say, hey, crazy day, huh? We need a funny name for this show. I said, hey, Lee, go suck your own dick. (laughs) That's who they are. That's who Lee Hamilton is. That's who Mike Shepard is. I love John Browner. I'll do anything I can to help John Browner, which is probably nothing. Uh, Remember remember him? Yeah, that would help. (laughs) But it's really fucking funny how many people in this town that because you have a radio, think you know a radio, you don't know shit. Just like I don't know shit what happens in your house. So for anybody to have the fucking audacity to comment on social media today about what we said, how we feel about Mike Shepard, come down here. I'll slam your fucking head through the wall. And there's one guy I'm talking to. Little fucking no-talent, irrelevant prick. You got a problem with the way I feel about it? Fuck you. Nobody knows your fucking name in this town. You don't know shit. You weren't there. It was a a six-figure-a-year job that we walked away from because I don't trust Lee Hamilton, and Mike Shepard didn't have the common fucking courtesy to tell me the truth. Fuck Mike Shepard. He got what he deserved. He deserved it when Kimmo, who I've never met in my fucking life, at Kason, tipped him upside down and stuffed him in a trash can and called him a little shit. It's true. <laughs> Mike Shepard <laughs> told me that story. Almost, Too bad. He almost suffocated because he was upside down Too on bad. the plastic bag, was against his bald head. He you, couldn't yeah, breathe. You give two guys that came in, got the shit beat out of them because they're trying to replace an iconic show in Scott and Billy Ray, found our way. We're team guys the whole fucking way. Sure Ask are. Johnny Pratt if we weren't a fucking team guy. Ask Frank Anthony. Ask Tom Howell. Ask any member of that fucking sales team if we weren't team guys. And at the end of the fucking road, you give me one week severance. Fuck you, Mike. You got what you deserved. You're a little cocksucker. And as some little prick wrote today, karma comes around. And for that guy, I didn't forget what you wrote. And at some point, we're going to cross paths. And you're going to walk out of that meeting with really, really sore feet. Here's a- I'm going to step on your foot. Because <laughs> I can't punch you. I'd like to. I'm just going to step on your... I'm not going to do anything. No. I'm not going to hurt you, I'm just kidding. From my point of view, let me add something to the story. Because, yeah. again, I was one of these guys that rejoiced. All right? I was one of these guys that rejoiced. And you and I have said it a million times. Nobody ever wants to see somebody lose a job. But in this situation, it's different. Because I'm telling you, you and I were forced to go in and take over for a very popular morning show in Scott right. and BR, a show that we didn't want. Right. But it was the only one that was offered to us on the table. It was either take this or don't take anything. Right. We thought, we again, we've said it a million times, we thought we were going like 9 to 12. That wasn't the case, or 10 to 2. Right. We take the job, and we take less money at the time with the promise that, hey, if you guys do a good job, we're going to hook you up with a very good raise come August. Mm-hmm. Well, we never got that fucking no, raise. No, fuck no. But we're looking at each other saying, well, what day are they coming to us? Because ratings went up 33%. We did extremely well. Yeah. We hit December 6th. Just like Jeff said, the TV deal's coming. Thank God I didn't go out and do something dumb on December 6th, like buy a car or buy Christmas right. gifts or something. Remember, two weeks away from Christmas. My my older son's first uh, first year of college, very, very expensive, okay? Mm-hmm. So two weeks before Christmas on December 7th, I'm out of a job. Didn't see it coming. 
No. Because, hell, we just got a promotion, basically. You guys are going to kind of get two checks here. You're going to do the same show, but it's going to be on TV at mm-hmm. the same time. So you're going to get a Fox check, and you're going to get a radio check, thinking everything is going in the right direction. Boom, the whole world turned upside down. Just like Jeff said, the guy was spineless as fuck. So, hey, here we are almost seven years later. What goes around comes around. It happened to him yesterday. He's a bad fucking guy, and everybody knows it. You know why he's a bad guy? Because he has no friends. Yeah. When you have no friends in the radio business, it says a lot about the person you are and what people think about you. So go fuck yourself. You know what? He finally got his way, and uh, I couldn't be happier for it. If I, I, if I was drinking, I would have got drunk last night to celebrate it. What do you think of that? I, I can't fucking believe how many people have the fucking audacity to jump into a story that they don't know shit about. They don't know shit about. I was there. I know what was said. I know what was said to me. I know it was said directly. Look, I don't have any problem with you like this show or you don't like this show, podcast, whatever. I couldn't give less of a fuck. It doesn't impact me. I do what I do every day. You can do live your life. We're fine. But when somebody starts to imply that they know what happened in those meetings when they weren't anywhere fucking close, exactly. and you're going to judge me because this motherfucker couldn't even look me in the eye and say, hey, man, look, fuck. You know how I feel about this. If Shep calls me in and says, look, man, you know how I fucking feel about this guy. But this is coming from above me, and I don't have any say. And I'm asking you, can you help me? Dave, maybe I do it. Yeah. Honestly, maybe I do it because at least I go, okay, well, at least you had the fucking stones to Just shoot say my hands are tied, me. but he right? did But he sat there like a bitch and said, hey, buddy, I'm excited about the dynamic between you and Lee. And I'll tell you what, I've told this story a million times and the verbiage has always been the same because I remember it like it was yesterday. So if you think that you're going to fucking question me, how many, I didn't celebrate Johnny Browner. No, not at all. I don't know any of the other people. I've been there. It's a terrible fucking day. Yes. It's a terrible day. And unfortunately, we've been on the wrong end of it too many times. But that guy is a dick. And if Mike Shepard was here, I'd say, you know what? Fuck you, Mike. Yep. I got a little skin in this fucking game, kid. I spent 20 years in the market. And if it was the end of the road, then that's fine. And just like I said, with Tracy Johnson, Dave Sniff, Pete Schwartz, Jim Daniels, uh, Don Martin, or any of the others, I would have shaken your hand. Thank you for the opportunity. I would have listened to the radio station and everything else. But if you don't have the balls to handle it like a professional, then I sure as fuck ain't going to be a pro on the exactly day you get right. kicked the fuck out. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're an embarrassment. You have no legacy in this town. This legacy in your in this town is that you're a fucking punk. You're a fucking punk. And Kimmel was the first guy to see it. And I want to meet Kimmel because I want to ask him. Mike Shepard told me walking into a meeting, we had these daily meetings. And Mike said, uh, you know, these trash cans, I'm not a big fan of those. <laughs> and, I, and I said, what? And he said, yeah. He said, you know, uh, I had a guy one time, Jock, so mad at me, he picked me up and stuck me upside down in a trash can. He said, there you go, you little shit. <clears throat> Just telling you, man. Uh, I, I had somebody earlier today question... <laughs> Make a question about a decision that I made that I didn't like it. And I've already fucking had enough of people and everything. Like I said, if the show content isn't for you, if you don't want to buy it on Patreon, I don't have any. I hear you, man. Yeah. Like my new favorite guy, my new favorite guy is SD Style. 
because uh, Sean Walchev and Taco Dude, Victor Lopez, yeah, uh, Derek Marceau, Donut Bar, bunch of those guys. There were ten Yelp restaurants today. Um, gave free food for government yeah. workers. It was really cool. It was cool. So this started yesterday when I retweeted uh, Sean's thing, and I said, hey, congratulations to Sean and all the other great restaurants participating. SD style. And this guy's the most fucking confused guy ever because he, he says, well, of course you don't mention Taco Dude because he hates Spanos and that doesn't fit the narrative. And I look and SD style is in charger shit in his profile picture. <laughs> so I go, do you like the chargers or do you not like, I can't figure it out. So I got pissed. Yeah. I go, look, I've already said it 10 fucking times. I'll say it 10 more times. I don't know where Victor's restaurant is, Yeah. but I've heard nothing but good things about him. And by the way, he and Sean raised a thousand dollars for Jake's projects. I am a huge supporter of his and I look forward to sp- uh, my first time in the restaurant, then my 10th time, and then the 20th time. He's a great guy, and he deserves to be supported. And that's why I said. So I told SD Style, go cry somewhere else. And he said, hey, man, I'm just letting you know it's the perception. Well, it got around today to I wrote something else, and SD Style was so fucked up. He wrote like a three-line tweet that absolutely made no sense. But it struck me so funny. Yeah. And I couldn't remember if he was taking a shot at you or John Browner. And I said, how many beers have you had? And he said, oh, no, that's a shot at Dave Palais. And then he said, I've seen him strike out in slow pitch. I, I, I didn't understand what the fuck. I was so confused, dude. You see, I brought Josh Rosenberg into the thing. I, Dave, listen. Yes. Whether it happened or not, yes. this is a funny... I'd already been pissed at about It's a funny-ass line, but then I'm like, who the fuck is this but guy? The, but the great thing is, and you accused Stevie Woods of this the other yeah. day. I knew as soon as I fucking read that, I go, Palais losing his shit. At this first, guy, I wasn't. Then I did. I did get mad. I go, this guy just got in yeah. his head and is rattled. So tonight, when Tabitha's in, you said something about, uh, hey, that wasn't me. And right now, there's a little video clip calling you a liar. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this guy who was driving me crazy yesterday, SD Style, I think he's honestly convinced that he saw you strike out in slow pitch softball. Yeah. And I love it. I'm all confused. I had to bring, even though Josh Rosenberg lives in San Francisco, because Josh and I played on a softball team together. My boy says it happened. And <laughs> Josh and I were in this league where... And I know a lot of people play softball in San Diego, which I even wrote about. It's so crazy. I'm arguing softball stats with you. Great. Where if you hit a home run, that means you can't hit two more home runs than the other team. The other team has to hit a home run, too, before you're allowed to hit a home run. Otherwise, you're out. So I'd always wait for guys to get on base. And Rosie and I played together. We were working at 1360 at the time. And I would say, okay, I got two guys on. Rosie, I'm going to hit one out. And boom, I jacked one out. And I was like, no. dude, I could literally hit one out whenever I wanted to. And this fucking guy writes on Twitter. I just knew he rattled you. Yeah, he did. I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, I've wins. never once mi- admitted that I can hit a home run when I want to hit a home run. Yet this fucker just said I strike out. It's great. No, he did. He got in my head, that he, cocksucker. He wins, and I win. Yeah. Then he, he dropped the line, I don't know what it is, but when he bats righty, he looks like he should be a lefty. What the fuck's that supposed to mean? He got, I love it. You know what I did tonight? Yeah. I'm going to tell you exactly what I did. Yeah. As soon as he said that you struck out in slow pitch softball, yeah. 
and I knew the impact that it was going to have, he immediately got a follow. <laughs> okay, that's my new guy. That's my new guy. And I, uh, yeah, there's about 10 of you fucking maniacs that I, it takes me a little while, admittedly. Yeah. That I don't always understand the tone. There's a bunch of guys. Fryer at leisure, I didn't understand. Yeah. Uh, meaty. And fuck, I fucking love these idiots. I love every one of these guys. Uh, they're so fucking funny. And SD style, this is a public apology. Early on, I didn't understand your writing style, but goddamn, I'm a fan. And when he and me, I said, are you taking a shot at Browner or Palais? He wrote me back right. Oh, Palais. I got follow. Oh, you son of a bitch. Thumbs up. Emoji. Oh, I don't my know. Gosh. Fuck. The best. How much? It rattled you, right? Oh, my God. It, dude, it completely threw me off. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? It was so fucking crazy. All right. I got Ridiculous. one, I got Go one other thing I want to hype. Go ahead. H.J. Preller is a fucking maniac, right? <laughs> he is a maniac. I am going to give this kid full credit. Okay. That fucking article that he wrote for Gwyn Intelligence about the Padres and the payroll and how it's a call it what it read the article. It is so fucking good. It is so good, man. With all respect to AC and Dennis and all the dudes we like. Where can you read it? Uh, I, I hope he hears it tonight and, and I'll find it and I'll retweet it out tomorrow. Okay. Like Dave, you look at it. The gra- the amount of time that he must have put into this thing, I I don't know, and I look man, it was outstanding. Like I read it and I go, holy shit! Like I wouldn't even know where to look for any of this information. Yeah, and it's just one of those deals where you go, wow, okay. So Dave, John Heyman reports today that the Padres checked in on Mike Mustakis. Marwin Gonzalez, Bryce Harper, and Manny Machado. Okay. Um, the feeling was, although AC's mailbag I went to look at, and it seemed like on online and on the Twitter feed, the only thing I saw was the answers. I didn't see the questions. Like, it was really weird. Like, like Kev was just answering the voices in his head. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, John Heyman wrote that today, that the Padres are checking in. I would. Well, you'd be crazy not to. They're all sitting there. You wonder what the value is. What's but, the price of these guys? So tell me what the game is then if you're Fowler. Because if you're Fowler and you're checking in on these guys, yeah. why are you doing things like opening the books to AC, opening yourself up to criticism from us and others, if you're legit, and I'm not saying that Ron has to go out and say, hey, man, look, we've got an offer in on Marwin Gonzalez. We have an offer in on Mistakis. Yeah, we checked in on Machado. We'd be crazy not to. We checked Every in on Every team should, right? right? You never know what the number is. You'd right. be crazy not to. I like Marwin Gonzalez. I think that's kind of a cool move for this team. Would would fit pretty well. I like Mistakis, too. But I'd rather have Mistakis than Marwin Gonzalez. At least Mistakis is a a top nine player or top eight player every day. Whereas Marwin was, uh, uh, it was like Kiki Hernandez for the Dodgers. You know what I mean? Well, Marwin gives you a ton of different options. I know that's right? what I'm saying. He's, but he's a, for a good team, he's a 10th player for the Padres. He's an everyday well, he started, player. He started. No, he wasn't a, he wasn't a regular. He was, for the Astros? He, he, he was only play. He was only in the lineup on a regular basis. If somebody went down and he could play infield and outfield, Fuck, which man. is the future. Yeah. But he, that's what Power. he was basically on the world championship team. And he, his numbers are good. You look yeah. at him, you, you'd love to have him. I'm just saying if you're only picking one 
I'd rather have Moustakas. And I'm not I'm not talking you yeah. out of that, but I'm not I, I like Marwin too. I like the idea yeah. that they were in play. What I'm confused by is what is the thinking from the Padres from the media standpoint? Why are you making Ron in the books available? Where if you made one of those moves, obviously there's a different level of excitement if you could find a way to get Harper and Machado in here. Yeah. Marwin fits a need. Gonzalez, uh, Moustakas fits a need. Why Why are you opening? I don't get the play because a lot of people were upset by it. AC, I thought, and Darren. I, I thought Kevin and Darren was really good. I enjoyed that back and forth. Whichever side of the fence you went on yeah. doesn't matter. I just liked the baseball conversation from both of those guys. I just don't get, Dave, walk me through the mindset of what Ron Fowler is doing that if you're engaging with these other free agents. Yeah, real quick, I'll, I'll tell you my opinion in one second because you just mentioned Marwin Gonzalez, and I'll forget. In 2017, when the Astros That's, won the World Series, okay, yeah. 455 at-bats. It's a lot of at-bats, yeah. okay? Uh, if he was an everyday starter, it would have been close to over 600. But still, look at these numbers, man. We're outstanding. 303, mm-hmm. 90 runs knocked in, 23 home runs, yeah. okay? Going to last year, it, it declined. 16 home runs, and he hit 247. Is Boston? And so, no, 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 no. He's, he's, only, he's only played for the Astros his whole okay. career. Since 2012, he's only I been like an Astro. Boston for a while. He looks like he should be a Red Sox player, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but as far as Darren Smith had on Kevin Acey, did you listen to it? I did. I heard the whole thing. I've never – and look, I, I consider Kevin Acey now a friend of the show because he, he follows us. I've never heard a guy as a guest ever go on anywhere and sound worse. I thought Kevin sounded absolutely terrible. He sounded like a guy that was unsure. He sounded like a guy that maybe shouldn't have the job that he was in. He sounded a little goofy. Like if he would have said he was on cold medicine and he wasn't 100%, I would say, okay, that makes sense. I thought Darren was trying to help him out at times because it sounded bad. He even admitted on the air that his boss, the editor, Jay Posner, said to him, are you sure you aren't being used? Yeah. And that's exactly what I thought. I felt like the Padres are trying to use you right now. You don't realize you're the sucker in it. I think he made a huge mistake as far as credibility goes when he comes out and says, I'm a fan of Ron Fowler. That's not your job as a reporter, yeah. at least to sit there and relay that. And maybe if he says that to his wife, hey, you know what? I cover this team. I, I, I'm a fan of Ron Fowler. To announce that on the radio, I think takes away all your credibility on, on what you're doing as far as judging this team and getting a story out. Yeah. I wasn't a fan. I, honestly, I think Darren realized he fucked up too and was trying to help Kevin out and going, dude, you're, you're hurting yourself more than helping yourself right now. Yeah, I... Uh... Like I don't know. It was a weird interview. I I, I tell yeah, anyone no, go I back and look, yeah. I tell anyone who didn't hear it go back and look look at it on 1090s website or wherever the hell you I'm sure you could find it. I don't know, Dave. It's funny. I look at that and I look at that covering that beat right. And yeah. we've talked about this. We talked about it the other day and some fucking dick took it like it was a complete shot at Dennis Lynn. It's not a shot at Dennis or at at Kev. It's a different fucking beat yeah. than it used to be. And when Bob Nightingale and Kevin Kernan and Scott Miller were on that beat, and they had a benefit of having fucking Jack McKeon or Larry Boa. Yeah. You knew shit. Like, you knew shit. You were told things, you could connect dots, and you had a story. Sports from a media standpoint has changed so much that you no longer have the opportunity, as we used to have, to go in the manager's office and have a beer and bullshit and get kind of a vibe for what's going on with the team. Um, there was a mutual respect between all parties that nobody was going to fuck the other one over, and you had the ability to tell stories. I don't know how you do it today on that no. beat. 
you have the manager in the podium, which is broadcast live on Fox Sports San Diego. So anything that you try to write the next day for the papers, I've already exactly seen right. it. You and I were at the same press conference. Yep. You just happened to be five feet away. Um, and you're in a city right now where I don't, Dave, God, if you're, it's such a mixed message that even that you're making that phone call is, is okay. Yeah. It's not great, but it's cool. I like that you're checking in on those guys. I'd like to know the level of interest uh, that you're checking in on. And then, uh, but you're, you're in a lot of ways, you're, I don't know if you were trying to cry poverty. I don't know if you were looking for a pat on the back. I don't know if you thought you were being candid. To me, it just all comes off as bullshit. Yeah. It, it all, and, and that's too bad because... Now, now all of a sudden, the guy who's meant a lot in San Diego looks like he's a little bit of a bullshit artist in Fowler. Unfortunately, right? you're right. You said right. it. You said it perfectly on Sunday. Stop talking. Stop talking. But then all of a sudden, where everybody's like, "Ah, oh, they're all full of shit," and then you come out today and you go, "Well, hang on. Who who are you? that 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 John Heyman tweet today summed up this whole fucking organization for fifty years perfectly." In the sense that they never have known who the fuck they want to be. Yep. From a uniform color to a mascot to what do they want to be on the field? They have no idea. Eric Hosmer makes sense, but this guy doesn't make sense. Maybe Machado makes sense. Maybe he doesn't. Hey, is Machado, I mean, are you calling the agent, Dan Lozano, and saying, hey, you know what? If Manny wants to come here for one year 15... We're in. Or are you saying, hey, give me the number. You know, what's what's 180? Does 180 get us in? I have no idea, Dave. But it's this fucking organization. If you could just once tell me as a fan that we know who the fuck we are. We know who we are. This is who it is. Jeff, either come with or get out of the way. We don't care. Yeah. But I don't see any indication at all that they know who the fuck they want to be. Couldn't agree with you more. And it's incredibly frustrating as a fan that they don't know, yes, we're in, no, we're not. Yes, we're in, no, we're not. We don't know what we want to do. And I don't know, Dave, who you point the finger at. I don't know if it's Ron. I don't know if it's Pete. Because the thing that I took away from that interview, what... I felt like Darren asked Kevin and Kev didn't really answer is, are they pissed at AJ because he swung and missed with yeah. free agents? And whether you look at, you know, Hosmer last year or other veteran guys that he's come in, do they still believe? I think they believe in him from a minor league point. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Right. Um, but at the major league level, he has not proved himself as a general manager. No. And I thought what was written today in Kevin's silent mailbag was this is it for Padre baseball. And here's really what it all boils down to. It boils down to one simple thing. Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. Fernando Tatis Jr. better be the fucking savior. Because if he's not, Preller's out, that whole fucking team's out. And we're right back at square yeah, one. The whole organization right, right now is on the shoulders of a 20-year-old kid. Yep. Wow. And Kev wrote it today, and I go, son of a bitch. Yeah. I go, I think that's exactly it. Yep. You're absolutely right. It wasn't 
the organization's future rides on Tatis and Urias and Paddock and Espinoza and Logan Allen and fill in the rest. It's exactly what Kevin wrote, and I think he's 100% right. The future of this team 100% rides on the shoulders of Fernando Tatis Jr. Exactly right. And if he comes here and he's a success, then maybe you look at Nolan Arenado, maybe you look at some other guys that are available and you start filling in blanks around it. And if Tatis comes here and he's average, then they're fucking cleaning house. Holy shit. That's something else. That's what he wrote yeah. today, Dave. I, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't even read it, but I couldn't agree more on that one. All right, here, real quick, because we, we've been here for an hour and 40 minutes. God okay? damn, we're good. Okay. <laughs> I just want to point out where we were right, okay? Mm. When I threw out the Vegas odds at you the other night, yeah. what did we say? You better run out and put that money quickly on the Patriots where the Rams are favorite. It completely changed within five hours of us doing that show. Really? Where the Patriots are, are now the favorite. People saw that number and immediately started throwing money on the Patriots. So and how the, big are they up by? Right now, their favorite last I saw, they're favored by two. And that number might continue to grow. The over-under change at all? I haven't looked at the over-under. But at the same time, it was the Rams favored by a point and a half. And within five hours, the Patriots were favored. Uh, I'm just going to say this. And I don't even know if they if they listen. Uh, this is my fight. Oh, bring this up real quick. I know we're okay. running late. I think this is a cool story. I've not always been the biggest fan of this guy. I like it. I don't know what the motivation is. I thought today is a guy that's a proud alumni of the San Diego Soccer's organization, which, by the way, when I was there, it was owned by Ron Fowler, who treated everybody in that organization even the interns who got championship rings, very nice. Ron's like, what? <laughs> uh, I thought the Landon Donovan story was kind of fucking cool. I don't know why he's motivated to do it. I'd surely it's not a money thing. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Kudos to Landon Donovan because he didn't just do a fly-by-night. Yeah. I wasn't a soccer city guy. This is a guy who's established himself in San Diego, and he's going to go out and play for the soccers. And I think that's pretty fucking cool. Kind of crazy, huh? I think it's cool. Yeah, I, really I agree do. with you. I think it's really, really cool. I think it's a cool thing for Landon Donovan to do. And now all of a sudden, Dave, if he circles back and starts making ways for for uh, MSL team or MLS team, what the fuck is it? MLS. MLS. I'm all confused thinking about my old days working at the MISL. <laughs> uh, MLS, I want to listen. Like all of a sudden you go, dude, that's cool. That's a guy who's... He's not just talking it; he's walking it, and he's going to play down there. And good for uh, absolutely for Elston and all the other guys there. And this is a, a different thing on a different note. One of the reasons why I'm so frustrated and upset when I think about a guy like Mike Shepard is today. In another part of my life, I had three guys that I really genuinely like step up for me when I wasn't ready for them to do it, and it was great, and it made my whole fucking day. And I would just say that for any of you that are lucky enough to be in a job where you go, man, your management team has your back. It's pretty fucking cool. And I don't know if word will ever get back to those three guys. I like to think all three of them have enough of a life not to bury themselves uh, with this bullshit. <laughs> but I spent about 40 minutes in a meeting today with three guys that really impacted me in a positive way that hadn't happened in a long time. And I appreciate those dudes very much. Fantastic. Good deal. All right. We're going to be back on Sunday. Thank you very much. What? Oh, hey, I think uh, I think Josh Lewin. I'm, okay. I'm hopeful he's in Cabo right now. Uh, either Josh Lewin Sunday or Monday. Kyle Kraska in here the Monday night after the Super Bowl. You're definitely going to want to hear that. All right. Thank you very much. Ooh.
So let